Hi, I'm Tom Field, Senior Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. My topic today is risk and compliance trends for banking institutions. It's my pleasure to be speaking with Kevin Malicki. He's Director of Product Management for GRC with Harland Clark. Kevin, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you. Kevin, I want to talk about a few trends that you're seeing and how financial institutions can respond to those. I want to start with this the changing industry. In other words, what are open banking, emerging technology, and millennial customers doing to turn banking on its ear? You know, great question. Yeah, I think it's it's rather obvious that the financial industry is still changing and the use of advanced technology for banks is on the rise. As really every institution is searching for the next biggest differentiator or security feature, really anything to give them a competitive edge. You think back the old days of luring clients from the competition with an attractive rate on certain products or by some promo giveaway uh, have been gone for quite some time. And that's not really going to improve much in 2018 as, as we see rates will once again be pretty flat, which is some slight bumps in rates along the way. But, you know, personally, I'm looking for more important things from my bank, things like two-factor authentication, mobile check deposit, instant account alerts, and things like that. As you mentioned, we're hearing quite a bit of new buzzwords like cryptocurrency and open banking coming out of the UK, things with potential benefits of improved customer experience, new revenue streams, and a sustainable service model for underserved markets. There's also a trend of retail banks partnering with financial service niche companies to offer instant peer-to-peer payments in order to compete with uh, apps like PayPal and, and capture a share of that market. And as you brought up the in addition, um, you know, we, we can't seem to get away from millennials who are influ- influencing the way banks do business. And banks will continue to struggle to figure out what they want, probably just as much as millennials are struggling to figure out exactly what they want from themselves. Last week, I read an article that you know, millennials seem to be not just interested in, in uh, banks with strong online presence, but also banks with a, a brick and mortar presence and uh, B of A and as well as Wells Fargo have answered that call with uh, the announcement of opening in a combination of a thousand new branches, which is kind of completely bucking the recent trend of banks gradually closing locations. You know, and of course, regulations will always be in a constant state of change, whether it's uh, the current administration's uh, trend of deregulation maybe even the introduction of net new regulations in the future. Um, As an example, the OCC is looking at CRA changes to be announced, I believe, in the coming weeks. And uh, we continue to hear uh, threats of uh, change to Dodd-Frank, which we hope to be finding out something uh, on that um, as well pretty soon. So what can financial institutions do about it? Well, they can ensure that their technology is effective, efficient, and flexible. This is probably different based on the organization's maturity level and risk appetite. But also even more important is to obviously stay ahead of regulatory changes, new risks, and changes to your risk environment and tolerance. And on top of that, banks are trying to be compliant, obviously, uh, which is a challenging task if the financial institution is using outdated, outgrown, or has uh, insufficient solutions to manage these very complex processes in a growing regulatory environment which is requiring these financial institutions to show the evidence of proof of the risk management mitigation efforts. And certainly uh, one trend I have personally seen while working at a bank is the way the Fed is addressing these changes in the industry. You know, it's evident that they are trying to learn some of the new revenue ideas and or arrangements these financial institutions are creating, you know, probably so they could uh, find something to ding them with during the next exam. 
But I honestly think that they're really trying to ensure that the financial institutions know the business, that they have identified all the risks, and that they have controls in place, like a solid contract, map processes, and that they have effective policies and procedures in place, and more, more importantly, that they work. I think in 2016 and 2017, we saw a big trend with banks using fintech companies as they provided these financial institutions with a different way of banking and additional ways of reaching clients, which is something that we all struggle with. Technology is great, but also makes it more challenging for us to reach our clients and prospects. I still see fintech trends continuing in the industry, but it's really important to be certain you know the, the business relationship you're getting into and identify all the risks that these, that these relationships pose. So these are just a few ways in which the financial institution industry you know, is changing from my perspective. Kevin, I suspect that the regulatory expectations is going to be an ongoing theme in our conversation here, and particularly with this next topic. What do you see as some of the key cybersecurity risks for financial institutions, including threats, breaches that we've seen, and again, regulatory expectations? Yeah, cybersecurity definitely continues to be a primary focus for financial institutions of all sizes. You know, as financial institutions work to improve their technology infrastructure, you know, risk can arise as we've been finding in the in the uh, recent news. And one big topic that's been in the news recently has been the Equifax breach, which certainly broadened the general risk profile for many organizations, and is really changing what regulators expect in terms of cybersecurity standards and cyber risk management. We're getting a feeling that the regulators are just getting started as this investigation into the Equifax situation continues to unfold with more and more details around the hack. You know, the interesting part is what will happen when fraudsters start using the data to try to open uh, you know, fraudulent accounts or apply for bogus loans. And ultimately, it's going to come down to which institutions can effectively and efficiently manage these risks. You know, unfortunately, due to the law of large numbers, some fraudsters will ultimately be successful. In fact, Equifax just announced a few weeks ago that out of the hack, 2.4 million victims also had their driver's license information stolen, along with the financial data, which is going to make this pretty easy for the bad guys to do their work. You know, at the end of the day, too, someone will have to pay for the damage, uh, as it's usually us, the consumers, with higher fees and more total costs to the consumer as companies look to cover these losses. You know, threats such as hacking and identity theft become more frequent, more potent in recent years, and those numbers only stand to go up, affecting companies in nearly every uh, sector and posing a significant risk to financial institutions, not just here, but uh, worldwide. You know, the Equifax issue, as an example, my, my understanding based on the news I read is that the hack occurred due to negligence in implementing a patch. Now, you think this could have been discovered um, in an IT audit that financial institutions should be performing on vendors that um, have personal and identifiable information, but obviously this was overlooked. And it's hard to believe with all the uh, with all the clients Equifax has that this still was missed. You know, this undoubtedly could have happened to any vendor you are using, but certainly shows how far you need to take your cybersecurity measures. You know, I think at a minimum, financial institutions should be sure that the third parties that are using are doing everything their own institution is doing to ensure client information is safe. Yeah, obviously, if not managed properly, this could have significant reputational implications. You know, maintaining industry standards is certainly a good starting point. And I would also suggest in connecting with other experts in the space to share experiences with, because lately it seems as soon as you think you have a good handle on cybersecurity, something else crops up as the technology the bad guys are using is increasing, like the card skimmers and malware and the phishing schemes. 
which are getting more creative at the ba as the bad guys are continually making efforts and improving the unlawful techniques. And <laughs> ironically, this is growing at the same rate as the technology being developed to ward it off. So it certainly is creating a world of paranoia. You know, every time you click on an email or a link, or even when you make a transaction, even with the new te technology, your transactions are, are still at risk. So obviously, cybersecurity goes beyond just worrying about third-party relationships as it starts with your own organization. I worked at a bank several years ago that actually tested their bank employees to see how vulnerable they were by sending up emails and, and calls that mimic schemes that the bad guys were using. Now, if you fell for it, you were required to take additional training. And if you did it again, you were invited to a personal coaching session with the chief information security officer. This bank quickly learned how effective their information security tactics were. So to, to say that cybersecurity is a concern is really an, under, is an understatement. Kevin, you talked extensively about third-party risks, and as you know, any of the recent standards or regulations from the federal or state level have included some element of third-party risk management. How does that tie into some of the regulatory uncertainty that we see now from the federal level and with the state starting to assert more control? Yeah, third-party third risk, one of my favorite topics. Um, the, the banking industry has grappled for years with managing outside providers. And as the hazards those relationships may pose, and I hate to continually bring up Equifax situation, but case in point, you know, this should be a warning that the topic of vendor risk is not a matter of if, but, but who and when. You know, if institutions aren't vigilant in assigning employees with the expertise to conduct effective due diligence, and risk analysis, certain uh, crucial liabilities may not be properly identified and mitigated. Now, I've personally seen far too many situations where the financial institution hires an employee for a role and where they are learning as they go and they often struggle with the problem that they don't know what they don't know. And as a result, they don't fully understand or document the risks and, and that would be completely obvious to somebody with the proper training. And not only does, does an institution need to vet their vendors, but also their vendors' vendors, which are also coming under greater scrutiny. You know, for example, payroll processors might rely on a cloud service to transmit data or, or a bank using an outside analytics company to give them insights on their customer habits. You know, in this sense, uh, third-party risks don't just stop with a primary partner. Uh, even though institutions may find it difficult to, to follow the trail uh, far enough to ensure that the proper security measures are in place through the entire chain, it still doesn't excuse them from owning those risks. What I encourage banks to do if they, they haven't already done so is, is really focus and improve the, the oversight of third-party risk management, or at a minimum, review, review your policies and practices, and your practices should go beyond just checking the boxes in a risk assessment to comply with their third-party risk management policy. And proper proof and documentation is critical. But even before that, make sure you know who your vendors or third parties are, as many of the banks and credit unions probably have thousands, especially uh, thousands of vendors, especially if they're considering appraisers and closing attorneys who do have access to client information. I think those often get overlooked. You know, no one should be easily dismissed as you would hope uh, nothing bad would occur from your cleaning contractor, as I'm sure Target thought nothing bad would occur from their heating and air conditioning contractor. You might still remember that major information breach as a result, which seemed to be a start of the epidemic of hacking. And since there has been so many that I think we've become a society immune to them, yet a small percentage of us are taking action, like putting credit freezes in place. I, this kind of blows my mind that 
we keep hearing about this, yet we're doing little to, to you know, try to prevent it. But proper proof and documentation or evidence on your vendor should be smart. It should be specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely. For example, SLAs or your service level agreement should be part of every contract. It should be fairly robust and cover many aspects of the business, certainly in areas that interact with your clients, and thus these service level agreements should be considered as controls. They should be tested, audited, and monitored. You know, in addition, audits should be performed annually on parties who either have access to client information or detrimental to your business or have contact with proprietary information as those pose the greatest risk to the organization. Again, this should go far beyond just a check-the-box exercise as deficiencies should be logged, it should be tracked and monitored, and fixed if the bank is not willing to accept the risk that these pose. And going back to my, my days uh, in banking, I managed a, a pretty large fintech lending relationship, and during a safety and soundness exam, the Fed went as far as personally questioning the vendor on site for two days. You know, they originally were seeking an order from Washington to achieve this, but were denied. So they asked the bank and, and the vendor for, for, for permission to, to proceed. Um, now, either of us had anything to hide, so we obviously permit, uh, you know, granted permission for the Fed. You know, something at the time, at, at that time, seemed unprecedented, but clearly set the stage for expectations for future arrangements and indicated what lengths that the Fed would go to. You know, it was undoubtedly a learning opportunity for the Fed to gain a level of comfort with the relationship, but also required us as the bank to provide an insurmountable amount of oversight evidence consisting of risk assessments, contract reviews, SOC reviews, audits, uh, incident management, breach policies. You know, and in light of the Equifax breach, I expect the scrutiny over vendor management is just going to continue to grow. Kevin, we've covered a lot here in this conversation from the changing of the industry to cybersecurity risk, third party, the regulatory uncertainty. Talk to me about Harlan Clark. What are you doing to help your customers respond to all of these trends? Yeah, we've, we've heard a lot from our clients um, that they really are lacking the confidence in the risk and compliance management efforts. So Harlan Clark actually teamed up with a, with a company called Lockpath, who is a, in, uh, a leader in the industry in this space, and, and to really help our clients regain that confidence and, and help them sleep better at night. Uh, the GRC Spotlight solution that we offer is an automated, scalable software solution that's designed to help you manage your regulatory ch uh, challenges with ease. You know, financial institutions of all size are feeling the pressure as new and even more complex regulations are introduced at an alarming rate. You know, enforcements, fines, and penalties are at an all-time high, and compliance costs continue to grow. In fact, just last week, we heard of another major banking hit with a $1 billion fine. Um, each department of your organization has its own compliance challenges, but you need only one automated solution to deliver. And you can learn more about that at Harlan Clark, a GRC Spotlight Solution at harlanclark.com slash GRC. Very good, Kevin. I appreciate your time and insight today. Thanks so much. Well, thank you very much as well. We've been talking about risk and compliance trends for banking institutions. I've been speaking with Kevin Malicki. He's Director of Product Management for GRC with Harland Clark. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much. <laughs>